Munib, right? There's no like alias or anything. No, no, no. You can just call me Munib. That's cool, man. All right. Okay, cool. Let me know when we're on. All right. Let's start it. Yeah. All right. Let's start it. Give me one second. I want to change the layout of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Okay, there. All right, that's good. Let me know where you can start. Yeah. All right. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the 11th episode of New Brew Podcast. Uh, it's good to get uh, into a conversation with all these personalities that we had lined up from before. And now that we're on this uh, Skype conference or Zoom conference, however we're doing it, we get to have these conversations with all of these guests that we had lined up before. And today we have a very special guest. But first, I want to welcome you back. It's Hassan again with Usman. What's up, man? What's up, guys? We're here with the guest in our 11th episode. He goes by the name of Munib. His uh, Instagram handle is MJVDX. He's a photographer based out of Toronto. He's also a colleague of mine at Ryerson University, currently studying electrical engineering. He's a photographer that loves everything photographic. He loves sincere uh, people and beautiful spaces. What's up, Munib? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you, Hassan and Asman, for having me. I've always wanted to come on. I've seen Osman start off the project as well as Hassan, and it's interesting to see how you guys have grown it out big, man. And thank you for having me. Yeah, Yo, pleasure. All ours, man. Yo, why don't you start off by telling us like more about you, how you got into like <laughs> photography and stuff? Yeah, Osman, right before we were having the, the convo and I told you how don't do icebreakers and this guy started off with an icebreaker. Basically, back in 2015, um, I got the opportunity to go to Europe uh, through um, basically like a March break type of trip through my high school. And uh, I got to see Paris, uh, Southern France and then Barcelona. And I took like a point and shoot camera that I like the family camera, you know how it is. And then I saw all these things and I'm like, whoa, like there's a lot to see in the world that I really wanted to capture. And then from there, I started learning, looking into photography. I started learning it. Instead of going to prom, I ended up spending my money to buy a DSLR used off Kijiji, of course. And then that was the summer right before university. And then I started taking it more seriously. And then here we are. Alhamdulillah. It's been great, man. That's dope. That's awesome. So you actually started off by like uh, buying something off the GG off someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, camera equipment is expensive. I'm pretty sure you guys know, like, yeah. there's a lot of money that goes into all these like good quality lenses and stuff. And then uh, so I looked into like different cameras. I had a bunch of buddies that were photographers. Um, and then I did my research. I found some used cameras. I picked one up. And then again, I've upgraded through like three cameras now. And now I have like pretty expensive setup but again it all started with like a $500 setup that I had back in the day what did you start off with the Canon yeah I started off with the Canon 60d and then like the normal uh, the kit lenses yeah. <coughs> the zoom lens on it yeah 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 the normal 15 to uh, 18 to 30, uh, 55 yeah the one that everyone starts with and then now I have a Nikon z6 and then a bunch of like prime lenses and stuff nice nice what's your uh so, like, for photography, uh, what's your favorite? Is it, like, landscape or do you nature photography or are you more into, like, architectural? So, for the past year, I'd say I've been more into portraits and, like, shooting different types of people. 
uh, again, like I feel like portraits are just more dynamic. Like every person I shoot is different and like every pose I get is different. But initially I started off with uh, landscapes and like cityscapes and whatnot, or like basically Toronto, because that's the closest place I could get to. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my buddies, I found some friends and they did this thing called the rooftoping, where you get on top of roofs. And then I started learning with them and doing that type of stuff. Right. And then that's where I think I started to get a little bit of followers and people started noticing me and taking me more seriously. And then now I've transitioned more to like portraits and like weddings and like events and whatnot. Like I've started off as like landscapes and then now I'm more in like a different headspace right now. Like event-based photography. Yeah. 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 No, I, I know that firsthand because we do event-based videography and photography in the wedding industry. Yeah. Uh, so when you were talking about how expensive uh, equipment gets, <laughs> I know how expensive equipment gets. It's, uh, it's, it's an arm and a leg, realistically. Yeah, yeah. Every piece of equipment you want on your camera, you're paying X amount of money on it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Were you ever like uh, scared going into like photography? Because whenever I hear of like Hassan talking about this, this equipment and like the name of this equipment and what it does, I'm like, have no idea like if i was ever in like best buy i would not know what to choose and like what to get or like what to start off with mm, so that's the same thing about photography for me yeah i mean it goes like in any field right like you gotta like you you do singing and rapping and like you gotta know like what food loops and you gotta know like all the different mixing and mass like mixing and um design and whatnot for sound right yeah. so again same thing coming to photography like once you're passionate about something you're gonna want to learn it to the T and then learn what all the different equipments do and which one benefits you. And now like there's so much new things every year, man. It's crazy. It's like a new iPhone, there's new camera, new pieces of gear, and then you mm. just learn with it, right? Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. So um, with quarantine and isolation, how are you dealing with your uh, creative block of not being able to go out and do all the rooftoping and everything? <laughs> Uh, bro, for the past two months, I haven't picked up my camera at all. It, like, honestly, you see my camera back there? It's just on its stand. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> I have a drone that I just got, like, right before, like, in March. Like, end of February, March. I flew it twice, I think, and never again. And I wanted to fly the drone out. I wanted to go out and do a lot of stuff. And I had a bunch of clients, like, set up for, like, May, June, July. And, like, right now, it's... It's a weird spot to be in, right? And like you can't do anything about it, right? It's yeah. We're in a global pandemic, man. Yeah. How are you dealing with that aside from uh, your creative block? Honestly, it does make you sad at one point, right? Like, like this is what I do to like release stress. Like aside from going to the gym and like doing other like other types of stuff like that. Like this is what I do, right? Like it makes me most at home. And right now I'm just like. I'm busy with a lot of other stuff. So like I work two jobs as well right now and both of them mm -hmm. didn't stop. And uh, they're basically like a full-time Monday to Friday type of thing. And then weekends I'm also working, right? So I haven't, like it hasn't changed me much, but again, like all my time that I would spend on like photos and editing, that's like decreased so much. And then I haven't been able to do it because I, I don't have any content, right? Other than like revisiting older pictures. Right. Right, it feels like that was your creative outlet aside from your like your yeah. regimen of working two jobs. You'd have your photography as your outlet yeah. to kind of just get away from the mundaneness of like regular. Exactly, yeah. exactly man. You're just like posting sucks. throwbacks now. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you, you've seen that, eh? <laughs> uh, I, I just posted the CNE picture because I, I, I don't know if you guys heard of CNE's yeah, yeah, picture, and I was like, shit, that's something I go to every year. And like, it's like a tradition, right? Like to go see the CNE, even though it's the same thing every year. It's just like something you got to do. And now I'm like, damn, for the first time, they're closing it. Crazy. Yeah, man, it's a weird time for everyone. It's like, no one would have guessed like some shit like this would come about. <laughs> honestly, yeah. honestly, I mean, I'm glad that they have a phased out plan or at least an overview of what they plan to do within the next month or two. Out of three months or over the summer to open up the city uh, that's that's a good sign i mean i don't i don't think they should push it but at least they have some sort of indication which is great sign people to get back out there mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent it's a little scary man like um i don't know if you guys have heard about the spanish flu and how the second wave killed so many more 90, it was like 93 million don't quote me on that but it first was like 4.6 million or something and yeah. the second around it was like 10 times that yeah exactly so it's i'm a little nervous because again we don't have a vaccine for covid right so if the numbers go back up and we're back to where we were like two months ago right yeah it could spike back up honestly like, so like the uh, i don't know if you heard about sweden what they did they didn't actually practice any uh social distancing or isolation okay. uh and they just kept their i guess society running as normal uh, and they built uh, society, what, immunity as a society as opposed to socially distancing each other. And they haven't had an outbreak or anything like that or have had worse results. So don't call me on that. But I remember who saying, uh, World Health Organization saying that to deal with pandemic, to look at Sweden as a new protocol going forward. Oh, yeah. So, oh, wow. That's something interesting no, wait. To so they did nothing? No, they didn't do anything. They didn't change any behavior, uh, society behavior. So they just kept functioning as is. They didn't do any lockdowns. They didn't do any social distancing. Uh, they treated it as just the normal, I guess, disease, and they didn't really do anything differently. And their numbers didn't skyrocket as much as they had hoped or not hoped for this, as, as much as they thought they would. Oh, that's pretty oh. interesting as a case study. Did they have like high numbers beforehand though? Like because again, it, it spreads out rapidly, right? Like. Like, how did they contain that? That's what I'm worried about. So, I, I don't know. I mean, that's something I'm going to take a look at as well. But uh, I guess relatively, they didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't break out that much. Oh. But Sweden was one of the case studies they were taking a look at of somebody who didn't practice any social distancing or isolation. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. And then if you do a com- complete 180, you go to Australia where they made masks mandatory. And like they, their numbers decreased as well. So, yeah, it's interesting times, man. I don't know. It's unprecedented. So you really don't know. So you do your best case scenario of okay, everyone's got a social distance, everyone's wear a mask, just yeah. because you don't. You ought to better be safe than sorry. So mm-hmm. I understand why. But I don't we'll, know. We'll know everything once we watch the documentary about COVID. Once this <laughs> comes up. <laughs> oh shit. Mm-hmm. Nah. All right. Good. Many years from now, they're going to be like, these dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> All they had to do was not touch their face. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you realize how much you touch your face when somebody tells you not to do it. Yep. It's a habit. It's a habit. It makes you want to touch it more. <laughs> That's so true. I didn't realize I touched my face that much. Literally, once people told me to stop doing it, I was like, all right, I something yeah. is you know, something is itchy on my face or I got to take something off. 
I don't know. Have you have you guys worn masks out recently? Like I'm guessing you guys are doing grocery shopping and whatnot as well, right? Yeah. Uh, so Longos, uh, Longos requires it's mandatory to wear a mask. I went there uh, oh. and uh, they had masks there because I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had it there and it's mandatory to go inside to shop or anywhere. Uh, you got to wear a mask. Oh damn! I didn't know that. I didn't know it was mandatory. Yeah, yeah. some some made it mandatory. To if you're gonna walk in, you got to have a mask on. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, the mask is nothing. It's yeah. I, I wear glasses, right? So my glasses are always fogged up. <laughs> so I'm always tired. It's quick, right? It's fogged up quick. Yeah, man. I rather have my glasses fog up than like you know get the virus right again. Don't fog up. Yeah, no, good. So what are you guys doing, man? I know, Usman, you just finished uh, university. Congratulations on that, man. That's a big deal. Thank Got you, your man. bachelor's in electrical engineering, man. Mashallah, good for you, man. Great, thing. Appreciate it. But yeah, other than that, man, I'm just kind of chilling. I'm watching anime. <laughs> uh, we all are. Yeah. What are you up to, Usman? Um, well, with all the events pushed off for uh, work, all of the weddings from this year have been pushed off until June, July. So all of that's been pushed to next year. So I've just been slowly editing all the stuff from last year. So just taking my time on it, not rushing anything, uh, doing that. It's Ramadan right now. So Ramadan takes up a lot of our time. Um, and I have a few other clients because I have marketing as well. So I do like uh, digital consultations and stuff. So I deal with that. Um, and other than that, I'm gaming. Warzone. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who isn't right now at this point, except this guy. I tell him this guy to game, but I gotta freaking purchase a console, then I gotta get a monitor, then I gotta <laughs> yeah, you know, this all these other things. By the time I get a setup, quarantine is gonna be over. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because during the middle of like a month and a half ago, I just upgraded my rig, like my PC. So I maxed it all out. I spent about a grand just so I could play games on my PC. <laughs> yeah. What are you playing? I'm playing Forza right now. Like I'm into like I don't really like playing online as much. I have a PS4 to do that, but like I'm playing Forza because I like racing games and whatnot. And Forza's fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see. So Hassan, are is this your own company by the way? Like uh, digital marketing and then weddings and whatnot, or? Yeah. So um, I started uh, the Note Media Group was the digital marketing company that uh, I started up right after. Well, not right after university. I worked downtown for uh, Informa for about a year for uh, Toronto Food and Wine Interior Design Show. Uh, then after a year, I, uh, we parted ways from there and I started up my own marketing firm. Uh, and I've been doing that. I have a steady like, client base that I work with. And then I started Noir Studios, which is like media production, uh, event uh, photography, videography, uh, corporate stuff, uh, beauty stuff, etc. We started that uh, about two years ago with me and my brother. Um, and we've been doing that for the past two years. And with the wedding industry in Canada, you already know it's it's such a huge, uh, substantial market. Um, yeah. So it was a great it was a great industry to get into. And every all the vendors, uh, once I got into it, they're just amazing. They're very helpful. It's very closely yeah. knit. That's what I like about it. So yeah. So you, uh, so you do South Asian weddings? Like, what's your niche? I'm just curious because we do. Uh, so the thing is, we initially tried. To, we initially was like, okay, no, we're gonna get into South Asian weddings, just like mostly Pakistani or Muslim weddings. 
but funny enough, her first wedding was a uh, was a hybrid wedding. Was uh, I think it was a, the bride was a Christian white, and then the groom was a Punjabi Sikh. Um, so that helped us get into like a huge different array of audience. And then now we shot like Muslim weddings, Punjabi weddings, Afghani weddings, white weddings. So mm-hmm. it's just so, so many different types of weddings we shot. But most of our weddings we get are Punjabi Sikh, the okay. week long ones. Yeah, the Punjabi <laughs> weddings are crazy, man. My my friend's brother just got married like a couple months back, and who Punjabi wedding weddings, man? They get lit. <laughs> they, they get lit. And the funny they thing get is, lit. <laughs> with Punjabi weddings, because uh, there's like they're like a week long, and they start off like their events at their homes and stuff, like their jago and all this stuff, their mayo. So you get to be a part of the family because you're there with them from the beginning till the end. So you become so closely knit with them. Uh, and then, yeah, they get lit as well because they're from the uh, every night. And then it, it becomes so it become, become become a part of their family to an extent as opposed to just shooting one or two day weddings as opposed to shooting like a seven day wedding. They become like a part of their family. And yeah, everyone and their mother gets lit. Like it's it's yeah. crazy. It's fun. It's really fun. It's so much fun, man. Punjabi uh, people are fun, man. That's they're a much most... more comfortable experience rather than like shooting a wedding you don't really know you don't really know them that much like by knowing who the people are that you're shooting and you know them on a personal level you're more comfortable as a photographer i feel like and yeah yeah i mean i think we need to vouch this as well like for photographers you get an understanding of being comfortable around new subjects and new people all the time so it's not so much for the photographer it's so much for the person who's in front of the camera because brides and grooms they aren't models themselves so they don't have an understanding of how to pose or how to act or if they push their shoulders back lift their chin up all of that stuff so having like issues with them and having few events before the main events like their ceremony and the reception they get comfortable with the photographer enough to you know kind of break out of their shell a little yeah i, I agree Hassan. again is that a lot of it's like that you try to meet them beforehand and uh try to you know be comfortable you have meetings with them before, make sure they're comfortable enough even before we do their first shoot because uh, you want to build that rapport with them. Uh, and just like how many when you do portrait shoots, you probably have a conversation with them prior to to get them comfortable enough to know who's shooting them because it matters as opposed to just who's shooting it. It's the type of person they are as well, because that's going to dictate the type of, I guess, photography you do or type of videography I do. Mm hmm. I, I try to do like a one-on-one sitting with them before I even like do a new shoot just so I can get like a feel of where they're at and what type of pictures they want. And then I make sure like I'm I'm on, on the same level as them, right? Like, again, this is one of the biggest days for them, even though it might just be another like client for you, but it's one of the biggest days of their life, right? So you got to mm-hmm. make sure that you understand that and you're like on the same base of them on what their expectations are, right? So again, having a call or like a two-minute call or even like a sit down with them again that's perfect yeah you know i agree and and i love that you that that's kind of the standard you go with is to make them comfortable so you can make sure that your work is the best it possibly can uh what i've realized within the industry is just there's a lot of new people coming in that quantity is like very important to them turnover is very important to them and they're all about okay how many clients can we get how many clients yeah. can we get? And it really annoys me um but i don't know if i don't know if you felt that lately so like uh you mean in terms of like getting uh more clients for less money yeah, so, like what do you mean yeah speaking from uh weddings specifically right there's a uh, studios that are coming in that are specifically like okay we got to get as many clients as we can um yeah. and that's going to be at 
the cost of their customer service or uh, yeah. their product. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that as well. And again, like there's a new photographer every day, man. Like there's a lot of people coming into the weddings every like day. So again, it's about how you market yourself and how good your product is and like what you can deliver versus what someone else can deliver, right? And exactly. I guess no hate to anyone, man. I guess everyone starts from one point, right? And and then yeah. they eventually learn where they're going and how to, you know, deal with all the different types of clientele and work with other studios and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure you work with other like photographers and other like studios as well. Like I'm always reaching out to like other people and contracting or like sub photographers and secondaries and whatnot. Yeah. When I'm yeah. when I'm too busy. So like again, having a good rapport with everyone also is important, man. Well, for sure. Initially when we were starting off, um, we there used to be clients that you know that would hire photography one studio and videography one studio or yeah. we didn't have the human resources to send three photographers or two photographers to a to a wedding so we ended up working with a lot of the different studios uh, and that's what i mentioned like the industry is very closely knit and they always try to help each other out so that's a great thing um and then now we got to a point where we have our own human resources to send to weddings so we don't have a lot of overlap with other studios uh but when we initially did it was great working with them they were all very nice yeah, yeah, a lot of them are very helpful, man. Yeah, I ran into a bunch of just I'm I'm there shooting photos and they're there for videos. So it's always you're at a wedding and you're like, oh, you're here too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's like, yo, I wanted to ask you, Muneeb, what was the inflection point for you that you started? You started looking this like less of a hobby. Like it is still a hobby, but you started like uh, charging people, making more, um, making it, it a business rather than you know just taking pictures for fun what, what was it for you that was like wait i'm getting a lot of traction i should probably you know start charging people or was this like your plan from the very start to be honest my plan was just to go and do rooftoping with my friends and that's all i wanted to do <laughs> like get on places that nobody else could right and like right. i've been to vancouver and new york and we did rooftoping there and again it's like the best view you can ever get right um and that was initially like that i still do that here and there when i have time but um, I don't know if I told you this, uh, back in second year in the summer, uh, one of my friends told me to apply for this program called Summer Company. And uh, basically it's a program that I did through Ryerson where they give you startup funding and they give you like a week of training and they hook you up with a mentor that's in an industry similar to your industry. And uh, they give you startup money, it's all government funded and then they teach you how to run a business. And I was like, hey, I'm doing photography, but I haven't really thought of it in a business sense, but I did like clients like here and there, like for like 20 bucks, I'll take pictures and whatnot. Right. And then I got introduced into that lifestyle. And then for that summer, I ran it as a company. I did a lot of like marketing. I learned about how to get a website up. I learned all the fundamentals of a business. And then that's where I guess I changed my perspective. Like, Hey, I should probably look at it in terms of growing it as a business then in terms of just a hobby. Right. And again, I had funding to do so. And I had some time during that summer. And that's where I made that pivot, I guess. Yeah. You want to uh, do this as like a forecast for your future, um, like indefinitely, or do you want to like work somewhere else as well? I have a few ideas I want to do. So right now, again, I gotta. I'm still a student, so I gotta finish my uh, engineering degree. Right. And, right, then, right. and then I gotta. I gotta put <laughs> exactly, man. I gotta put that to use a little bit too, right? Uh, and then eventually, inshallah, one day photography should be my main source, man. I can see it happening, but there's a lot of other steps I gotta go through to get to that level. Right, right, right. De- I agree. 
your like quality of work and like your work ethic and no business like is better than one that gets birthed out of a hobby in my yeah. opinion like if it's like your hobby before you even thought of a business plan like that's something that you'll love and you'll want to work extra hard for mm -hmm. i think you're gonna get there man. it also shows the passion is there right like the guy came in there he was just passionate about it and then now he's able to make money off it so that's a good thing for him right right Again, I, I don't know about you, Usman. How did you start off with uh with in terms of like singing and rapping? Singing and rapping, bro. This is what happens. See, I was walking in this uh, down the sidewalk, right, in my street, and then um, <laughs> this huge rock I was in front of me. So I was like, like I was saying, let me set the scene. All right, so I was walking outside of my house, right? It was on the side of the road. He was laughing. <laughs> Was walking in the sidewalk, this huge rock, bro. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But when I looked down, it was pretty big. And I and I tripped and I fell and I hit my head really hard. And then some uh, some uh, bystander he, he came up to me. He's like, "Yo, are you good?" And I just started like rhyming stuff, bro. It was crazy. And I was like, "There you go." And then I went straight to Hudson Studio and we got a pop. <laughs> and we made the end for this. <laughs> No, no, nah, honestly, honestly, it's like something that like I said this on our last podcast and stuff is uh, it got started because of like watching rap battles and honestly just being like psyched out like holy crap, like someone could actually make this up on the spot. Like that's what really sparked my interest. And after that, it was just like, you know, it goes deeper than just rhyming words. It's much deeper than that. So that's really how it started for me. Was it eight mile rap battles or? No, no, it wasn't actually. Oh, it was uh, on, <laughs> Freestyle Friday. B -E -T. Okay, okay. Jin. Yeah, Jin. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen those, man. So I gotta catch myself up to speed on those, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I've That's seen cool. um, that one guy, uh, T Dog or something. Uh, like, like I, I, I don't remember. It was like a clip I saw on like social media. And the guy just went off, and the entire crowd was just feeling it, man. It's crazy, man. Rap battles are crazy, man. Was it Wild and Out? No, 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 not Wild and Out. It was one of those other, like, rap battles. I'll share you the link with you, man, but crazy, man. Like, these rap battles and the amount of people they get and, like, the entire energy from the crowd, bro. Yeah. And the fact that one guy is able to just control that, yo, that's crazy, man. I got a mad respect, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. How about you, Hassan? Yeah, singing rapping so uh, it was it's kind of in the similar uh path like back like i guess in uh, not even elementary school like grade six seven you start off like rapping and ciphering and stuff it wasn't obviously great it was a bunch of kids just like someone got i knew a friend who used to beatbox all the time so he was always like beatboxing and beatboxing so we got into like just uh rapping songs that we knew and at that time eminem was huge so we do his songs like over his beatbox and stuff and that kind of got me into uh writing lyrics and stuff and that helped uh, me get into poetry there was a teacher that i had who pushed me to write poetry because she saw the lyrics that i was doing um she was a french teacher from uh, woodlands as well uh i forgot her name unfortunately right now but like she pushed me into doing poetry and stuff and that got me into writing um and then you know you go through life and shit shit happens um and with south asians uh, I think you guys can relate to this. There's not a lot of outlets that you have, right, to talk to people around you. For example, like people can talk to their parents or their family. For South Asians, especially for me growing up, it was like 
okay, you know, I have a family, but it's kind of hard to dive into topics that might have to do with mental health or have to do with something other than education and like whatever. <laughs> so uh, I didn't have that outlet. So I needed something else to help me kind of bring that out. And music and poetry was that one outlet for me to do it. So that kind of helped me alleviate a lot of that stress and a lot of that pressure that I had. And it got me into making music. From there, I got into production. And then I started taking some singing lessons, um, jumped coach to coach. Then I was self-taught, picked up instruments. Instruments was a huge thing. I started playing the piano. And it kind of just steamrolled into like what I do now. Yeah. That's dope, man. That is super dope. So who, which artist did you look up to like when you were learning and like trying to pave your, pave your way? Who did you look up to if you looked up to anyone? So like right in the beginning, it was like, okay, we were listening to was like Eminem, right? Eminem, yeah. Tupac, 50 Cent, Nas, and all those like uh, hip-hop classics. Those are, those are the things we were listening to. Um, from there, like you had, uh, for production, it was uh, Scott Storage, Swiss Beats, uh, Dr. Dre. Those were my influences. I'd watch their behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like studio sessions and stuff, and Jay-Z as well, and Kanye West coming up at that time. So all of those... Uh, identities that are like ingrained in the hip-hop culture was a huge thing and then outside of that i got introduced well michael jackson was all obviously really big like even back when i was in saudi arabia i was born michael jackson was just like a global phenomenon so he was always on repeat um but like every instance or a part of the music is influenced by somebody different so i wouldn't say that eminem influenced my whole music thing or tupac did or um you know ar rahman did or anybody else did it's like for production i'm influenced by scott storage and just how he does the keys and dr Dre drums uh for rapping i'm influenced by nas and his lyricism for singing it's like um you know <clears throat> chris brown or boys to men like those type of things so there's so many influxes from different like artists that kind of get ingrained into how I'm influenced and it's really hard to answer with just one artist so that's works whatever you were feeling at that time right exactly exactly exactly. um bro you named all the legends right now man now I'm like nostalgic man I want to go listen to the old Eminem man well it's an everyday thing for me like every like uh my my playlist is like a mixture of difference it'll go from like trap music to like old uh, throwback r&b to like 90s hip-hop it's just all over the place i don't know if that's like it for you like i can't put my i can't put my playlist on in a car with other people because it's just, not just it's <laughs> no. a I have a bunch of different ones man I, depending on whatever i'm feeling during that day like if i gotta like get amped up i have all my pump up songs and then all the other senti songs in another playlist man yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you Usman? Who do you look yeah, up to? Same boat, man. Same boat. Like I grew yeah. up like listening to classics and legends, and just just kind of like formed it along the way. Like just listening to like all these classic albums and artists, and being exposed to so many different styles. I think that's that played a huge impact in like forming of my taste of what's good and what's not. But yeah, I listen to pretty much everything now. Like I used to be stuck yeah. in a box where I only listened to like hardcore hip hop. But over the years, I've opened myself up to listen to, like, more trap. Like, being, you know what I mean? Like, having an open mind to, like, there's not one way of, there's not one thing that's good. Like, there's yeah. many, many areas that could be good in a, in a song. What yeah. are you listening to? Like, what's on the top of your playlist? Right now? Yeah. Shoot, what am I listening to? What am I listening to? Let me pull up my Spotify. Yeah, Mandeep, what about you? What's on the top of your playlist? 
Now I gotta pull up my Spotify too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, the weekend dropped two months ago. Uh, after hours, I've been. That's oh. been one of the top. Yeah, yeah. The weekend man, you can never go wrong with him, man. He's a legend. He's crazy. Crazy. Last listen to is Drake. Deep pockets. His oh, the Demolines. Uh, yeah. Next year. Yeah. I've yeah, I've listened to that twice. Pretty dope. It's very nice. Yeah. I still gotta listen to the new Nav album, man. Damn, Good I have. Attention. I've been slacking. Yeah, I've been slacking, bro. Yo, he's all over social media right now. Apparently, apparently it's yeah. dope. It's been it's been a buzz for the past few days, man. Yeah. Uh, big ups to Nav for putting on for the community. Uh, I do, I don't really listen to him much. Uh, there's like a few select songs that I like from him, but I heard his album's pretty good, so I might take that in. Yeah, same, same here. Nav's the first brown boy to get a pop in, you know. He's the brown boy that made it, you know. Yeah, really. we just forgot about Zayn Malik and stuff. <laughs> Zayn Malik got big through uh, what was it, X Factor or the British one, right? And then the moment you go on there and you're already like. You already a star. Like speaking of that, um, you guys know who Jasmine Wallier is? Yeah, yeah. So she was like on a like reality show, and then she tried to go into singing, and she went in on the X Factor, and yeah. then they booed her off. They're like, "Yo, you can't sing," and I was like, "Whoa!" And then a Wait, year later, she, she... Zach Knight track. Yeah, yeah. Now she's huge. Like she's on like Zach Knight tracks on Bollywood tracks and whatnot. Yeah. But when she tried to get into singing on the X Factor, they like, like huh? put her off. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I'm like, whoa, that's that was the same girl with Zach Knight. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Showing how raw it is, the X Factor is probably not like you know, they they judge you based on your skills and not like on yeah. who you are, kind of. Yeah. I like that. Again, Simon, bro. Again, you gotta you gotta impress that guy, man. I'm the goat. <laughs> impressing that guy. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely terrible. Like every single one. <laughs> <laughs> is the absolute best or the absolute terrible? There's yeah, no there's no, the no in between, man. It's a no for me. It's a, it's a no for me. <laughs> Even Gordon Ramsay, bro. It just Yo, the souls up. If I ever had to go up against them, bro, I would, I would just walk away, bro. <laughs> if there's Gordon on one side and Simon on the other, yo, you're going to get killed, bro. Have you seen Gordon Ramsay's baby? The new one? Yeah, yeah, I did. He looks so fed up. He looks like judges the taste of breast milk, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How many kids does he have? I swear he has a bunch of kids now, eh? I think he has three, two daughters and a son. I don't know. That's just who I saw last time because I was was on his YouTube channel. That's just all the kids I saw. I don't know if he has more. (laughs) He'd be making TikToks now, eh? (laughs) TikToks these days. Everyone, everyone's trying to get on that TikTok wave. Where the hell did TikTok come from, man? Shit. Asian. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like, like, I don't know if you guys remember, a couple years ago, there was that big thing, Vine. Yeah, 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 Vine, and it just died out. Died, yeah, it died out hardcore, and now, like, TikTok, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, man. All these, like, random, like, social media apps are just coming out of nowhere and just going huge. I, don't know. I read something the last like fine. I'm not a big fan of TikTok to be honest. Like it's bro, good to look at memes and stuff on like <laughs> Bro, TikTok, there's a, there's some people on there making 150k a TikTok. It's huge, man. It's huge. Bro, 
That's bare money, bro. Oh, crazy, man. Shit. Wait, 150k for one TikTok video? For one yeah. TikTok video, man. Like, it's it's huge, man. You know, uh, Lauren, Gray. Lauren Gray, like, she's just like, the, like, she's like 18 now. Yeah. And she had like so many clout, like so many followers and so much clout. And like, yo, she's making that go up, bro. It's crazy. Bro, it's crazy. Those TikTok celebrities, TikTok personalities, they're making bare money. Get on, should we get on it, bro? TikTok. Yo, He's gonna do a dance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Drake reached out to those uh, TikTok dancers for his Tusi slide. Like he made yeah. half of the song, and then he sent that track that was like just a rough version of it to them to make a dance to it. He was initially talking about the moonwalk. Oh, really? Moonwalk, but they made a yeah. dance to it that like relate to TikTok audience or whatever, and then that's where it blew up from. Freaking that smart. Yo, Drake's a crazy smart guy, man. Like, you got to give it to him, man. Oh, he's a marketing genius. Bro, genius, genius. He knows everyone's going to be at home not doing shit. So he's like, all right, we're going to make everyone dance. And he, they're going to dance to his tune, you know? Smart, man. No one does he it better. He never disappoints, bro. He never disappoints. Yeah. He's, he's talented, and then he's also smart at what he does, right? So, yeah. like, those two in hand, this guy's killing it, man. He has a really good team behind him, too. Like, a really good, solid team. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Bro, and also, you guys got to remember, like, he's, like, the official spokesperson for the Raptors. And, like, Brand that up. in itself is, like, crazy huge, man. Especially after 2019, bro. Yeah. Were you, at the, were you at the parade downtown? No, nah, man. I was not going to go there, man. Bro, that's, like, a photographer's, like, euphoric dream how could you miss that bro i was working that day i, I know that's an that's my excuse to everything i was working and then also like that amount of people and then after what i heard what happened uh, at the parade i was like it's a good thing i didn't go i was there it was, uh, the sh- there was like a shooting or whatever it was about yeah. uh, about like 60 70 meters back uh, where we were behind oh. us sorry yeah Damn, like unfortunately it wasn't that as big as it was uh, gonna be but they got it shut down. It was right, in, I think, towards the end of the parade. But it was expe- honestly like it was expected to happen with a crowd that substantial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few like idiots in there that want to just cause issues. So, yeah. Again, I, I wanted to go, and uh, I I don't know what happened. I think there's a bunch of other stuff going on, but I wanted to go get on a roof and capture that parade, man. Oh my god, I could already imagine the pictures with like the entire crowd. Crazy. But again, stuff happened, man. How do you, okay, so I don't want to give up all your secrets, but when you go on rooftoping, do you already know, like, the, a, a building's, like, architecture, like, how where to climb up on? Or, like, you make connections with the security guards, like, what do you do? <laughs> we'll talk about that later, okay? Slime attend. Let's do later. It's a different combination of, like, uh, again, the security is generally on the other side of us. Uh, they're never in our favor. But mm-hmm. it's, like, different combination of like looking at stuff and understanding how to do it i i, I don't know how to say it without like exposing myself so i'll i'll, I'll message you after right <laughs> why you got into engineering that then itself, and that yeah, wants to learn how buildings are so you can <laughs> climb them faster like fucking spider-man i'd be in civil <laughs> engineering bro <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but damn man there's been some crazy stuff i've seen man people do some crazy shit on roofs too man yeah, I've seen like, those, those crazy vantage points, like, to get those type of shots from, like, 
yeah. the edge of the roofs and stuff and it's crazy that that area that view because you don't get that normally standing at like the base of a building so that aerial view is amazing yeah, yeah. and again i've seen some like insane shots like uh new york and like other parts of the world and like again that's how you want to see the world you know what i mean like right. it's like you'll see the city in a way you'll never see it before yeah yeah, yeah. That. so uh being a photographer travels probably your like number one priority to get out and see all those different things where have you gone or what's your favorite place from where you traveled because i know you said you went to europe yeah i went to europe in 2015 i've been to like some parts of Canada, like Northern Ontario and then Manitoba. Uh, I went to New York two years ago. And then I just in September, I was in Chicago. And yo, Chicago, beautiful city. One of the beautiful, most beautiful cities I've ever seen. Like yeah. in terms of like North America, man, insane. Their infrastructure and like the way they have everything set up. And like I was comparing Chicago to New York because I've been to New York. Oh, Chicago, wow. man, Chicago's total opposite. Very clean very like well organized in terms of city and like they made it for I've tourists heard. right chicago's beautiful man you got to check it out like it's one of the most beautiful cities i've ever seen and then uh <laughs> tomorrow i was supposed to be going to san francisco but uh <laughs> well that's I not, guess I'm not going <laughs> nah clearly not i wanted to see the bridge man golden gate yeah yeah, yeah. Is Where that is it like you're on your like query, like right when this pandemic finishes, you're going to go straight to San Francisco? Is that how you're, is that your plan? Yeah, so I wanted to go to uh, San Francisco now. And then by the end of summer, my plan was to go to um, either Europe, do a couple of days in Europe or do uh, Dubai. I've never mm. been to Dubai and I've always wanted to see. And like right now, I don't have school until September, right? Because I've been on internship for the past year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to go travel because all I've been doing is working. So Europe, either Europe again or um, Dubai. Dope, 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 dope. Yo, Hassan, I wanted to ask you, I've seen your, uh, one of your t- uh, podcasts, you were talking about backpacking and how it's a different vibe. How was that, man? You got to teach me the tricks. Backpacking is completely different from traveling normally. Um, I've done solo trips with like mm-hmm. a suitcase and stuff. Uh, obviously traveling with people, you have that crutch, you have other people with you, but backpacking is completely different. You're completely out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You're completely in a new environment unless you've been there before. Um, and it just gets you out of your shell um, compared to how you are here. Over here, you have family, you have friends, you have, uh, you have things around you that are you know repetitive to you. You've been to the same places, you've eaten the same foods, etc. all that stuff. With backpacking, all you have is a backpack, your essentials, uh, I stayed at hostels for the uh, first half of my trip. So I landed in uh, Barcelona. Then I went to southern France at Nice. And then I went to Rome, Milan, Switzerland. Uh, and I feel like I'm missing something. But then I went to Turkey and then I came back. That um, was one trip? That was one trip. I was gone for about that, three and a half, four weeks. That is yeah, it was crazy it was crazy it was life-changing honestly uh coming back from that trip uh made me a different person in how i view people around me uh how i interact with people how i interact with uh, things around me uh how careful i am of the things that i have my possessions like even material stuff and immaterial stuff because uh, again you're you have a backpack you have to make do with what you have um mm-hmm. and then you get to meet people that's the best thing about it is the people you get to meet 
uh, like my experiences with the people that I met there at the hostels in Barcelona, for example, uh, I keep in touch with like maybe two, three of them uh, here because of social media, uh, which is a great thing. But just getting to know those people with for the duration of those four days, having those experiences with them, and then you're never going to obviously cross paths with them. Uh, well, most likely you won't in the future, but just having those experiences and everyone's just they're innately good as people to you and how they are. Um, there's no like ulterior motives to how they're going to react or behave with you. And that's the best thing because everyone's so raw and everyone's kind of went through the same experiences in the hostels at least. And you get to build those connections just for that duration of time. And then you move on to the next place and then you move on to the next place and you get to kind of build your, I guess, your social aspect and meeting people. I think, I think that was one of the most life changing experiences I've done. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. And three weeks, three, four weeks to like see it all. That is a good time frame, man. Yeah. I, I don't think I could have done it if it was somebody else with me. Because then you got to set the pace with somebody else. Yeah, I did yeah. it in three, four weeks. I did like three, four days, two to three, maybe two to four days per place. But I was able to do it because I was able to go at my own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, I thought I was going to do it alone. But I met somebody who I explored the city with. So I met, I meet like two or three people and we kind of have this conjunction. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We'll do it together. And if anybody wanted to split ways, they can split ways. Um, Rome was the only thing I did by myself entirely, uh, but every everywhere else I met like two or three other people and we kind of just did our own thing until we wanted to do things separately. That is dope, man. Yeah, right, was, I would suggest it uh, before you get married. <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> I would suggest just like grabbing a backpack and just going somewhere you've never been before. It doesn't have to be Europe. I think Europe is beautiful because there's just so much variety and dynamics there. Yeah, just yeah. there, eat the food. Like, I took taxis at, like, 11, 12 p.m. in Milan uh, to, like, the weird part of town and stuff. Not a smart thing to do. Um, <laughs> clearly not the best thing to do in that situation either. But, like, Google is great because you can converse with them. Um, but just doing those experiences and living the life of, like, those locals kind of makes you appreciate being in the western side of the world or being in a first world country. I took their buses and stuff. Their transit system is so much better than Canada. I think Canada is one of the worst transit systems. Um but oh, yeah? It, it, yeah, I don't. Canada's transit is horrible compared to Europe. Okay, horrible. comparing it to Europe, then yeah, okay, okay, I see your point. Yeah, um, like I, I'm not saying it's it's not it's not it's not that it's not good. It's just it could be better. There's room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the Europe's uh, trains that go at like 100 kilometers an hour, man. Yo, you can't mess with that. So I see your point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think that's one thing you should do in your life. I think if there's a bucket list item, it's just as opposed to seeing Europe, is do a solo backpacking trip. It doesn't have to be just one backpack. It's whatever you feel comfortable with. <laughs> you just got to one backpack, you grab your school bag and you go. <laughs> no, there's specific backpacking uh, bags, right? Like that. The big one. The big one. Yeah, yeah. The big one. Exactly. Yeah. Heavy as shit. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think I built some shoulder muscles over that trip. but yeah, yeah. I remember seeing his backpack when I went over to his place. I was like, holy shit, you're going to carry this around? <laughs> oh, Luckily, yeah. I didn't have to do it everywhere because you could store it at the hostel or at your hotel uh, and then take your essentials and leave. I had a string bag that I used for most of the trip that I just put my I took my camera in too and I took pictures and stuff, um, mm-hmm. which you would have loved, like just going through like uh, Istanbul or like Rome and stuff and taking pictures. It was amazing. I wasn't in any of them, unfortunately, because I didn't have anybody to take pictures of me. <laughs> but I took pictures of the scenic areas. Um, but right, you'd love it. You'd love yeah. it. You Just from the photographer's standpoint, you would love that whole experience. 
I Thanks, you, man. man. I, think, I think I will love it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Osman, you're a photographer too, right? Shit, man. Not, what, what, what did uh, J. Cole say? It's not worth the picture, but I'm the pictures. I don't know. Man. That that quote. <laughs> uh, yo, I want to see Istanbul. I want to see Rome, man. Damn, though they're definitely on my bucket list, man. But one day, man, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, Istanbul. Istanbul. I, I think you gotta spend like two weeks minimum in Istanbul. Oh yeah. You gotta go to. You gotta go. Okay, for Turkey, you gotta go to Istanbul. You have like the main things there. You gotta be eat local food and stuff. Then you gotta go to Anatolia, like where all the the hot air balloons, balloons? are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you gotta go to Cappadocia as well, which I've Anatolia and Cappadocia I haven't been to. My brother's been to, but you gotta spend like four or five days in each of those places. Yeah. I'd live in Europe for a year if I could. Yeah, yeah. Gives me an idea, I mean, but like, <laughs> I mean, make it happen, you know. <laughs> Honestly, so I like I I do I do want to live somewhere as opposed to Canada for like latter part of my life. Not not maybe indefinitely because Canada's home. You can't really replace that because you grew up here. For me personally, but like living in Europe, I think I would want to live somewhere. Like, Italy would be nice, or Spain. Spain would be nice. Oh yeah. Yo, yeah. Barcelona is beautiful, hands down, man. The nicest beaches. Oh my god, I, I want to go back, man. <laughs> Barcelona, nice there's the, the strip, the Barceloneta beach, the strip there where like all the clubs open up at night and stuff, and the pier is there. Mm. Oh, sorry, the first night we were there, we ended up going to uh, shit. I forgot the name of the club, Opium, um, which was uh, Martin Garrix was playing there on that night. Fortunately, so we got oh. to see Martin oh. Garrix. And thing is with event nightlife and stuff in europe is not like in canada or u.s because our stuff like starts here at, like 12 p.m and then last call is like 2 2 30 or whatever for people who drink and then that's it but over there your party people start coming in at 2 a.m last call is like i don't even know when i don't remember when it was but people are party. <laughs> yeah something like that like we finished we like we it was myself and the few friends that i met at the hostel we ended up Staying there until like five five thirty six a.m. and we left after Martin Garrix finished because he had all these like, sets before him. And then by the time we left, we could tell the sun was gonna start coming up in an hour. We went back to the hostel. We couldn't sleep, so we got up and we went to the pier by the Barcelona beach. And it was just me and these two other strangers that I met like two days ago. And we watched the sunrise on the Mediterranean Sea, which was amazing. Okay. So like just that pier and being on that beach was crazy. I would suggest, like, I keep pushing everyone who tells me that story. I'm like, yo, just whenever you have free time, like three weeks, four weeks, just do it. You'll never regret traveling. Yeah, no, travel is definitely something you want to invest in, man. Like, that's memories you'll make, right? Well, it's right. I think it was, I think it was a quote. It's like, traveling is the only thing you'll do where the more money, um, the more money you spend, the richer you'll get or some shit like that. Ooh, I like deep, that. bro. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. That's <laughs> deep. That's deep. That's deep bro. <laughs> Your is coming back, bro. What you did, bro. It's just nostalgic. It's isolation. Yeah. yeah. I wish I was at a beach right now, man. You know, watching the sunset or rainy day, but you know. Bro, it was so cold last week. Holy shit. It was cold. It was snowing. It was hailing, man. Uh, it, was snowing. it was snowing like three, two, three days ago, man. That's crazy. I, I, 
This is why I want to move. <laughs> so I want to leave. You're from Saudi, right? Europe. I, yeah, I was Bristol. born in Saudi. Yeah. That's why. That's why he wants to move. He's not used to the cold climate here, you know. I love Canada. I grew up here. Like I, I was six when I came here, so like most of my teenage years and shit and everything was like spent here. I thought I'd get used to this, but. Nah, man. No one gets used to it, man. <laughs> it's. It, it's the biggest lie I was ever told in my life. Oh, you'll get used to the climate. When you live in a place, you'll get used to the climate. Oh, no, man. I no, hate man. it more. <laughs> definitely don't get used to it. I hate it. It's bad. I'd be okay. Where, Sorry, where, have you, where have you been, Osman? I know I've been some places. I know Hassan has been everywhere. But where <laughs> have you been, Osman, you know? <laughs> I've been, okay, so me, him, and another friend of ours, uh, we went to Miami together. That was pretty dope. Like, we, like, Miami was pretty sick. Like, their nightlife is, like, next to none. Other than that, I've also been to Orlando, also in Florida. We went to Disney World there, which is, like, the biggest attraction that's there. That's sick, man. Disney World is insane. Like, I didn't know half of the things that were there, but. Bro, it was amazing. Like, their whole Harry Potter world is, like, insane. Yeah. Other than that, I've been to um, Nova Scotia. Went to Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI. Uh, oh. We did a whole road go? trip over there. Oh. I went uh, two years ago. I think two years yeah. ago. Did you just go just for fun, like, right out of the blue? You're like, all right, yo, grab your car. Let's go. We're going. It was me and it two other friends. We've been planning it for, like, a couple months. Damn, so, like, man. Yeah, it was amazing, man. I, if you want to like see scenery and things of like that, like you want to go to Nova, so you want to do that whole road trip on the eastern side, like that. That that shit's amazing, man. The whole Cabot Trail and like going up the mountain and just figuring, finding out these weird, like, new spots that you that aren't really talked about in the online review that you read before <laughs> we're going to this place, like. You, you just come across these random cool like vantage points. It's amazing, yeah, yeah. man. I think it would be like a really nice place for you because you like seeing that stuff. Like, yeah. Have yeah. any of you guys been to Bath by any chance? No, man. I've always oh, wanted okay. to. Neither have I. <laughs> oh, God. I've always wanted to go. That's on my like, bucket list, too. The pictures just absolutely look phenomenal. I can only imagine how it will be in person. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, Asman, we were supposed to go a while ago, eh? No, man. I was supposed to go with my cousins as well. Like, it never works out. Every time I make a plan for Banff, man. I, I was planning on going in July to Banff for Canada Day weekend. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's happening. But, yo, Banff, oh, the sights and, like, the photos I've seen of it. Oh, my God. Look beautiful. Definitely got to so check it out. I'm that far. Exactly. Are you? I think we're pushing about like an hour now. Uh, anything you got coming up you want to share with us? Or obviously we're in quarantine right now. But once it's all over with, you have anything coming up? Anything you want to share? If you want to plug in all your socials, go ahead. This is your spotlight right now. Uh, MJVDX links are gonna be in the description below. Redisman right? Nano Five. Um, yeah. just, I just want to say major shout out to Hassan and Usman for having me on the show and, uh, you know, for bringing me on here and having this conversation with me, man, much appreciated. You guys are dope. First time meeting you, Hassan. So this was a treat for me. And then Usman, 
seeing you again after all this time, eh? But yeah, thank you both of you for bringing me on, man. It's been an honor, man. Thank you. It's our pleasure, man. It was great. It was a great conversation. Take care, guys. Peace. Take it easy, man.